I'm Lisa Mullins, and this is The World. Women make up 14 percent of U.S. active-duty military personnel, and they've long been in the line of fire. They fight and die in uniform. Officially, though, women are banned by the Pentagon from serving in most direct combat positions. Well, this week, four female service members filed a federal lawsuit to change that. They're being represented by the American Civil Liberties Union. One of the four is Marine Corps Reserve Captain Zoe Bedell. She's 27 years old. She's been deployed twice in Afghanistan. On her second tour there, Captain Bedell was in charge of the Female Engagement Team, or FET, in Afghanistan's Helmand province. Bedell says that the nature of modern warfare meant that the female Marines she commanded often saw combat. One thing about the wars these days is that there isn't such a thing as a front line versus safe zone or behind the lines. If you are in Iraq or Afghanistan, you are on the front line. Okay, so it's a case of irregular warfare when suddenly in one minute you can be on the front line, even if that area had not seen combat before. Okay, so if, Zoe, you already served in a front line role, then why is this lawsuit even necessary? The problem is that this policy says that I can't serve in a frontline role. So first of all, it's just completely out of touch with the reality of the wars we're fighting today. So as I said, anyone in Iraq or Afghanistan is really on the front lines, but the policy says that women can't serve in the front lines. So as a result, then, commanders are having to take these bizarre steps to try to stay in line with the policy that doesn't match the reality. So you're trying to sort of hit the technical points, but it makes things complicated, and frankly, it makes things dangerous. How was it complicated for you or dangerous for you? One example is our teams were required to do these resets, which meant that our teams were out, you know, they're living in these remote places, they're operating, but once every 45 days, they would have to return to a big base. Traveling in Afghanistan is not easy, right? You have to get to a base that's big enough to support a helicopter, so you're putting people on the road. Uh, the roads are not safe. You have to fly around in a helicopter. That that is, you know, one of the other plaintiffs was shot down in her helicopter. And you're pulling people away from their mission. So they're interrupting the flow of the operations. And we had commanders who have to would be rescheduling major operations based on when they could have FET support on the ground there. I'm sorry, um, based on when they could have what? I'm sorry, female engagement team support, which we call FET. So, so the females have to go back to this base, how often you said? We had to do it every 45 days. And the men don't? No, absolutely not. What, what's and, the reason, anyway, that the military gives for uh, such a reset, for taking you out of theater every right, 45 so it was, days? Yeah, so it was trying to avoid the co-location, so trying to keep us from being located on the ground too long because that violated the policy. So one would understand why that would be frustrating for everyone, men and women. Absolutely, if absolutely. You're, okay, and you said it's dangerous because... It's dangerous because, A, you're making people travel unnecessarily, but also because now, you know, if, if, if we need women to do these missions and now you're depriving people of women, I mean, because it takes so long to travel, we could be gone for a week. You're letting relationships lag and you're not there to provide support when the units go out to patrol. So that makes it dangerous not only for the women doing the traveling, but also for the men who are still on the ground. Exactly. And you make the argument that professionally you're saying that you do not have access to something like 238,000 jobs that the armed forces categorizes as basically women need not apply. How does that affect your career if you choose to have one in the military? When you look at the top positions in the military, generals and very top senior enlisted positions, I think the the statistic we use is that 80% of those jobs 
are for people in the combat arms field. And the combat arms field is specifically what's close to women. So that means that the vast majority of the people being promoted to these top positions are coming from areas that women aren't allowed to serve in at all. Well, Captain, you have, as you well know, strong opponents in this, including some people in the military who say that being barred from frontline combat does not hamper, contrary to what you're saying, uh, your career prospects or any woman's career prospects. I want you to hear now a piece of audio that we have from a retired military officer who served in Iraq. His name is Troy Stewart. He is basically telling the newspaper Newsday that women are not held back professionally because they're excluded from combat. There's a number of reasons why women in the U.S. military have never been allowed to serve in ground combat positions. And I can tell you that there are enough women, including the recently retired four-star General Dunwoody, who have had no problem getting promoted and doing well and succeeding in the military without having to serve in frontline infantry units. So I think their argument is significantly flawed. What do you say to that argument? Well, you know, one of the, the points there is you made about the, the four-star generals. There have only been two of those in the history of the armed forces, two female four-star generals. Just because you know, one woman manages to, to do it doesn't mean that it's an equal playing field for everyone. But how, how would somebody like General Dunwoody even accomplish that if you're saying you, you simply can't make it that high if you're a woman who hasn't seen combat? I'm not saying that you simply can't, right? So 80% of the general positions are filled by people who have combat arms backgrounds. That means there's 20% that aren't, uh, right? So you know there are there are opportunities there, but it, it's not equal. Women are being categorically disadvantaged in that competition. Uh, the Secretary of Defense, Leon Panetta, has said that nearly 15,000 combat positions have been opened up to women just during his time in office. So I wonder, and you, you were talking about how the, the law is kind of fudged in the on the battlefield anyway. So do you see this as kind of a don't ask, don't tell type policy that is slowly being morphed? I mean, that one regarding regarding gays in the military. Do you think that there is this slow accommodation now to make it more acceptable, palatable to allow women in combat and it's just a matter of time? Yes, it clearly is moving that way. The military is opening and the Department of Defense is making those changes and we absolutely appreciate that. The problem is, well, they've opened 15,000 jobs. There's still 238,000 that are closed. So it's incremental and the core policy still remains in effect. So, you know, if the if the Department of Defense announced tomorrow that they're opening everything, that's fantastic. That's we don't need to solve this through the courts if there's another way, but the progress is not happening fast enough and it's time for this policy to go. Thank you very much, US Marine Corps Reserve Captain Zoe Bedell, one of the four plaintiffs challenging the Pentagon's policy that bars women from some combat roles. She served two tours of duty in Afghanistan. Thank you, Captain. Thank you very much for having me. You can check out our previous stories on female engagement teams in Afghanistan and see a slideshow of women soldiers in the battlefield at theworld.org.